Sweet Tea Podcast. Here's your host, Andy Burrows. Welcome, everybody, to the DC Tweet Team Podcast. This is episode 100. I, as always, am your host, Andy Burrows. And as always, I am joined by my wingman for 99% of these episodes, Mr. Maurice Hawkins. Maurice, good day to you, sir. How you doing, kind sir? I am very good. And we are joined by our co-host as well, Shelly Jordan. Shelly, how are you, my friend? I am doing fabulous on this beautiful, fabulous Friday, gorgeous morning. Fabulous Friday. And we are joined by the Queen of Washington, the lady herself, Miss Julie Donaldson. Julie, episode 100. Welcome. Thank you. Um, I'm honored to be here for this 100. That's that is definitely saying something. Um, Queen might be a little bit too high, though. I know where you come uh, from uh, up there uh, across uh, the <laughs> pond. Oh, Julie, you, you're definitely ranked in my eyes above the Queen that we've got over here. Don't get me started on that. <laughs> Fair enough. Glad to be here. Uh, thank you so much, Julie. We really appreciate you uh, jumping on with us on this very special episode for us guys and girls here. Um, Julie, it's been another busy, busy. You seem to be the busiest football team around the NFL, whether it's the football season or the off season. Um, we had the meeting with Jason Wright and the clubhouse on Wednesday. Um, what has your feedback been from that? What have you What have you taken from that meeting? Us as fans absolutely loved it. It's just another great thing that the football team that Washington and you guys are doing to communicate with us fans. What's the feedback that you received? You know, that's the biggest thing is uh, the very first conversation that I had with Jason and we were talking just yesterday on on how um, early on it was kind of him and I, you know, leading the charge and what do we need to do? How are we going to approach it? We have to be transparent and open and communicate with everybody within that company what we're doing and then make sure that the fan base understands the moves that we're making because there were some really big moves and changes that were going on. And I think to get people to come along with you, you have to let them in on the process. Otherwise, you're just telling them what's going to happen and telling them what the decisions are made without telling them why you were making that decision. What went into it? What did you account for? And so that's something that's been really important uh, to Jason as he's taken over as president. To myself is, you know, I interact with the fans and want to like make sure that you guys are right there with us and what we're doing um, more connected in a way that I think that we have been with this fan based in the past. Uh, so, you know, the clubhouse was a really cool conversation about the rebrand. We have code and theory coming on to help us get there. And we're, you know, we're dwindling it down. We've had over 15,000 submissions um, and we wanted fans to know kind of how it's going. Now, if you're on clubhouse, it was cool. Right. But this is a new platform. So there are a lot of fans I found that go like, wait, what is this app? Wait, I have to be invited. I can't get on it because I don't have, I have an Android. I don't have an iPhone. So for those fans, because they're, they're so hungry for information, I think it was a little frustrating. Um, but here's the thing is we are going to be putting this information out there every way possible. So it's not just going to be a one and done. We're communicating on what we're doing. We're trying to reach everybody everywhere. Um, and, you know, I appreciated having that conversation and, and letting you guys know that we're, we're getting closer to what we're going to do and what we're going to call ourselves um and so you know the biggest thing is now everybody's just hitting me up with the names that they want and of course none well, of them are the same julius episode 100 <laughs> if you wanted to tell us you know you could just save yourself a lot of work no bigger you just, moment you right here the rest right? Of the day off we can announce it now breaking news let's have it julie Come well on. here we go in 2021 <laughs> we are going to be the washington football team uh it's gonna take time i know people are frustrated they're thinking like why can't you get to this sooner you know we may have the name 
um, at, at some point, hopefully throughout the next year, but we have to put, you know, the legality part together. You have to put all the, you know, all the things for the designs and make sure that it's all good and kosher before you just roll it out. So once we have it, we can't just announce it without taking the months that it's going to take to really put into play. So um, it's coming though, folks, it's coming. Uh, Julie, you mentioned there obviously a lot of fans in the Clubhouse app, but next week I heard on the call, Jason said we're going to be launching something called Making the Brand. Um, mm. What can you tell us about that? That sounds very intriguing where fans are going to get to see what is going on behind the scenes. Yeah, we're kind of creating this like mini docu-series um, that's just going to kind of show you the process that we're going through and where we are. We already put one out that's kind of just says, you know, where we began um, the early stages of this kind of, you know, from like, gosh, what I think it was like my second day on the job that it was like, oh, by the way, we're changing our name. <laughs> you get to do all the media for Welcome it. Welcome to Washington. <laughs> um, yeah, here you go. We're throwing you in the deep end. Let's see what you do, honey. Um, you know, <laughs> fortunately, I'm at a point in my career, like, okay, I got this, um, you know, but uh, we're going to we're going to be creating you know, little mini documentaries to kind of show you guys so you can visually see what's going on. Um, you know, we'll tell you what's going on. We really want the fans to be a big part of this process. You have to be. We would be totally missing the mark if this wasn't all built and surrounded by what you, the fans, want and what you want the name to represent. Yeah, most definitely. Uh, Maurice. Yeah. Uh, good morning, Julie. Um, once again, thank you so much for joining us on our podcast today. Mm -hmm. It's always an honor to have you uh, speak with us whenever you can. Uh, my question for you is, when you look at the media ecosystem attached to the Washington football team and you being at the focal point of pushing out content, you know, what are you kind of like your determining factors of what kind of content you want to put out there, uh, balancing tradition versus innovation? And where do you see this media ecosystem going? Because you know you have the team, the fans, you have external media, mm -hmm. the content you are generating within the organization. Like how do you visualize managing this media ecosystem that's attached to this team? Yeah, you know, it, it is a bit of a challenge because everybody's consuming information um, that's personalized to them in the way that they're on. If they're on their cell phone, they're watching it there, their tablet, mm -hmm. their computer, their television. And it tends to go in, in screen size order because you're around your phone more than you're around your television these days. Uh, although maybe during COVID, people are, are home with their TVs. Um, but, you know, it's hopefully we're breaking out of that soon. So you have to be able to reach them on then what, what platform are they watching it on? Are they watching on Twitter? Are they watching on Instagram? Uh, are they watching on YouTube? You know, is it Facebook? And, and you have to make sure that every platform communicates differently, that you're putting the right information out there that's going to be consumed in, in the right fashion for what platform it's on. You know, the biggest thing I think that we went into the saying is that, you know, we really wanted to be a team that you're engaged with, um, aside from just the production on the field. We wanted you to get behind our players, to know who they are, um, to really kind of have this access and this insight into their lives outside of just the X's and the O's. Bringing you the X's and O's is easy. That's something we've always done, but really kind of telling you who they are, what their style is, what, you know, creates their thoughts, um, their activities throughout their days, their families. We wanted to be able to give you that kind of connection to them. So that's why we created a lot of extra programming that we call our unfiltered programming. And this is something that's really unprecedented. You know, um, the challenge for us is kind of figuring out, you know, the cadence of those. How often do we do them? How long are they? You know, what platform are people watching on? Are they watching for five minutes? Or are they watching for 20? Or is it just 30 second clips that you want here and there if you're on Twitter? You know, and so I think that's just the big thing that we're trying to navigate is seeing, you know, where are fans really consuming this, this product that we're putting out there and then where it is being consumed heavily, how can we increase that so you can get more of what you want? 
Yeah, very well put. Uh, Shelly? Okay. Yeah, Julia, we had Kelsey on um, just the other day. And we, yeah. we, we loved her energy. And, and speaking of the, the content that you, you're putting out, um, we know she puts out, the, you know, she's the host of The Fit and The Life, the digital content there. And uh, we love that. As a fan, I love, you know, that kind of content, seeing the players, um, different sides of the players, really. And um, we're obviously going to be seeing more of that. That's kind of what you're touching on, correct? Yeah, um, yeah. That's that kind of content. Yeah. So uh, are we going to be seeing more of that with the draft coming up, uh, touching on the draft and stuff like that? And um, coming more from Kelsey and do you have some of that coming up more? Yeah. Well, right now, what we've been doing during the off season, if we've still been putting out, um, what we can of the fit and life and look like players, they have right. a right to say, you know what, we need a little bit of a break. We go on a step back for half a second right. catch our breath, get with our families, <laughs> because a lot of them too, you have to remember during COVID they were being tested seven days a week up here. Um, we were, so, you know, they didn't get to have as much interaction with their families or go to be able to see them as they would during a normal season. So they really, a lot of them were just kind of reconnecting for that. So we want to be able to give them that breathing room, but what we've been doing yeah. for kind of like the fit in the life is going, okay, so what are they putting out there on Instagram that we can pull from? So, mm -hmm. you know, they're generating the content. We're just collecting it and pushing it back out there. So we've kind of done that without a host, just because it kind of doesn't really need one. We can just package it and send it on its way. Um, but yeah, I mean, that is something we'll, we'll be doing as we gear up towards the draft um, with the new guys that we're bringing in. You know, we had a great one, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Uh, we already put out a fit on him because he has many looks if you haven't seen it. Uh, mm -hmm. I love has, that. Very I love yeah. That yeah. Um, he, he's definitely got um, a great, you know, sense of humor for life and love for life. Um, and I love that he doesn't take himself too seriously and, th and that endears him to his teammates uh, into the game and why he says he's still having fun. It's easy to see that. So we are, we are going to continue to push out that content and um, you know, some of it may evolve because that was our first year doing it. So we're going to have it, you know, evolve a little bit as we go into the next year. Um, but hopefully it evolves in a way that is just, um, you know, um, better for, for the fan, better for the athlete and, and better content overall. Yeah. yeah. Well, you mean players have lives? You, you mean they need to go hang out with their families? It's <laughs> funny because, know. you know, the thing is, it's like when the team's not doing well and, and you go out there and you push, you know, that somebody's out riding their four wheelers in their backyard, fans want to be like, well, what are you doing? You should be playing football. It's like, you can't do that 24, seven, seven days. A week. Right. You know? I mean, they need to be able to have a little bit of a release. Let's be mm -hmm. realistic here. Um, but you know, it's, it's just the frustrations fans want this team to do well. And you know, when they are doing well, they can go do whatever they want. It doesn't matter. So, um, Absolutely. but it's, it's they time time too. yeah. Yeah. Um, Judy, last time we spoke to you, you hadn't been in the role, uh, too, too long. Obviously it's been a crazy 2020 now 2021 for you. What has been your highlights, uh, since you've joined the Washington football team and what's the one thing that surprised you the most? The, the highlights, um, there's been a lot. Um, the, the thing that probably surprised me the most is how we kind of came together as a broadcast booth on game day. 
Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, there was a lot of, look, none of us had done that role before. And, and maybe the fan sits there and says, we didn't think it came together. Well, I don't know. We're, we're working really hard. I on remember it. you tweeting that. out after the first game where we could hear you cheering for the touchdowns and your tweets <laughs> were amazing going, I need to forget that I'm not a fan. I'm actually broadcasting. <laughs> I thought it was brilliant though. Cause you, you were, you were doing it for us when we scored a touchdown in the background of the commentary, we can hear Julie just going crazy. Like we all were. Yeah, well, you know, we, we, that's, and it's funny because um, even coach uh, Ron Rivera was teasing me about that. Uh, but, you know, here, that's the thing about being a rookie in the job, you know, I mean, you're, you're going to learn, grow and evolve along the way. Um, but, and that was also a highlight. I really loved, I, I really enjoy working with D'Angelo and Bram. We're excited mm-hmm. that we're going to be all coming back again next year. Uh, we'll have had that first rookie season under our belt. Um, hopefully we'll be able to travel and we won't have to be calling games off a television set, which is just wacky. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so those were definitely some highs, but there's been a lot of really great moments. I mean, you know, with within my first week, there were some women that really wanted to make sure that uh, there was a way to bring the women in the organization together. You know, so we created the Women's Initiative Network and we're really proud of that work, of the leadership board, the time that they put in to make sure the women are supported. And that's definitely a highlight because um, we're kind of kicking some booty right now. And and it's great to be able to see the women come together, know each other, laugh together, cry together and, and just support each other. Yeah, I wanted to touch base on that, Julie. I um, was looking on the uh, football team, you know, Washington football team. I know everyone has uh, difficulty just saying Washington sometime and just calls us the football team. But um, I love that that was created. I know in 2020 that was created, correct? When the women's uh, initiative network. And I noticed that they go out, you guys go out and you volunteer in the community. And I don't think that's highlighted enough, correct? Yeah, well, we we want to. We like we have right. this drive where we were getting, um, you know, gathering all like the the clothes that you're not wearing, professional clothes in mm-hmm. your your closet, and we're donating those to some women's shelters in in Washington D.C. There's three different shelters we're giving those to. The women are really, you know, they're great women. Um, they're hard workers. They're ambitious. Uh, they care about their community. They care about the team, and it's really great that we're giving them a platform to care about each other, know each other, uh, because we're divided. You know, there's half of the staff that works at FedEx Field, and the other half staff works at the park in Ashford. And yeah. through this, we're able to connect everyone together because it's like an hour's drive between the two. We're able to really kind of connect the women together, so you get to know who's at the park and who's at FedEx Field. Um, but yeah, you know, we're we're creating book clubs. We bring in speakers. You know, there's I think that's like Volunteer Month coming up. We're talking about what can we do to volunteer safely during COVID. Uh, that's still giving back to the community, and we want to like raise funds for dog shelters and you know the women shelters. There's so it. much that these women want to do and are excited to do, and we're very actually which is what I love about it. It's like, we're not, we're, we get tired of talking. We're want to like, let's go to work. <laughs> yeah. Great. I love Mar- it. Maurice. Yeah. 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 Julie. Uh, my question for you is that, you know, when you look at your peer teams in, in the NFL and what they're doing um, as far as on promoting their team, you know, do you kind of like take little pits from other teams and observe what they're doing? Or you just kind of like initiate everything. And then I also want to say congratulations for the team winning that Fox award for being best social media team. I think that was a good indicator of y'all's success last season. Right. Um, that really was, you know, one of my counterparts, Marcus Stevenson is just brilliant. Um, he brought in some really great people to work with underneath us. 
Uh, I, you know, just to name them all off, there's a lot of people that go into work for that and are just really mm -hmm. creative minds. I'm not afraid to push the envelope, not afraid to break the rules on what's supposed to happen um, on Twitter. We just kind of said, no, like we want to put as much out there as we can because we know our fan base wants to consume it and it paid off, you know, and having a little bit of sense of humor, being able to laugh at yourself, I think is important too. Uh, you know, and so to be able to do that in the year that it all, everything went down from coach Rivera to, you know, just coming back from three wins to the quarterback changes, I think was really a testament to the people that I work with and how dedicated they are to their craft. Um, you know, so I, that's definitely, you know, uh, something to be proud of. And I'm sorry, what was the other part of your question? No, I just kind of like, because again, like I, I noticed that like, especially before games, you know, teams kind of have banter. Oh, watching others. Media. Yeah. Yeah. You know. So they do have apparently what they call these all 32s um, where mm -hmm. they kind of get everyone together and kind of say what's going on around the league. Um, and, and typically when you're not in COVID, there would be meetings that you could go to um, and they would have, you know, so you could learn what the other teams are doing because, you know, this was one of a surprise for me, like the NFL, right? This is, you know, one of the major businesses, uh, most, you know, uh, you know, successful businesses that's out there, but every team works individually. They're all run by individual families. So you kind of have to realize that an NFL professional team is basically family owned and run. So they all kind of get to do it the way that they want. You know, there's certain standards, but outside of that, you're kind of, you know, however you want to do it, you can. So I've reached out to, you know, a bunch of different counterparts from different teams and kind of saying like, okay, you know, what are the Ravens doing with their programming? What is Minnesota doing? The Cowboys doing, you know, the Raiders doing like, what are they doing? You kind of peek in, you talk with them and, and everybody's been really great to share uh, what wisdom they have, what they found has worked, what hasn't worked. Um, so, you know, it's one of those things where we're, it's not competition really so much with each other, but they're really, especially knowing that I'm new and we're trying to really create something new here. Um, other teams have been very helpful, but yeah, it, you can gain a lot of wisdom by talking to the other counterparts in the league. Julia, someone that's in, obviously involved the media for a, a lot of your career, I've noticed one thing as well, and I think it's really good. At, I don't know if you guys picking up pick up on it because you're so involved. The, the feedback of the of our organisation nationally, from a national media standpoint, now seems to be a hell of a lot better, and we seem to be getting the respect that we finally deserve. So I, I think that's kudos to yourself, Jason Wright, and your and your team of people. Because I'll admit it, great like for the last five, six, seven, eight years, Washington, uh, Washington. Our old name was was frowned upon and we always had something going against us. But I've noticed over the last 12 months to, to 15, 14 months since you guys have all come on board nationally, everywhere I look now, people are speaking very favourable of the Washington football team. So I don't know if that's something you guys have noticed, but I just wanted to say like full kudos to you guys for, for, for making that happen. Thanks. Well, you know, I think it started with Ron Rivera. You know, he was brought in, um, what, over a year ago mm -hmm. and, and the team, you know, had only had three wins and something desperately needed to happen. And of course the culture was what, you know, needed to be addressed. And, you know, so I think it started with his leadership with the way that he wanted to steward this franchise, uh, you know, and then you, you, we saw that there are certain things we had to take action on and, and we did. Mm -hmm. um, and there were things that we had to address that were kind of ugly and we did. Mm -hmm. And there are things we need to put in place and programs and, and such to, you know, make sure that everything, the business side and football side goes in the right direction. And, you know, I just love the way people have been quick to step up. Um, they're hungry and eager to, to go to work, to participate, um, to be a part of the solution, to be a part of the direction we're going in. And, and I'm glad that that's resonating with the fan base as well. 
Yeah, I think it is, Julian. Just obviously, before we let you get out of here, we know your time's precious. You guys are going to be part of history in when we're all long and gone, whatever this football team is called, people are going to remember that Jason Wright, Julie Donaldson, and the many, yeah. many people that are in the organisation, we're just fortunate enough to speak to you. You guys are going to be part now of the history of this great organisation. It's, you know, it really is amazing. Um, we're both very proud. Um, we're all very proud of the work that we're doing there. Um, of the people that we work with, those that we are bringing in, you know, I, I think it's really cool. We started with what, 47 women and we have 71 now. Yeah, uh, and that's a testament to making sure that, you know, the most diverse working places are the most successful. You have to have different people that walk different paths in life to bring their different perspectives to understand what's really needed to get us going in the right direction. And that's something that we take very seriously. Um, we want to be diverse. We want to hear everybody's voice and we want, you know, we're, we're really listening to what people have to say. And I think that makes all the difference when you do come to making decisions. So uh, we're excited of where we're going and there's a lot more to come. You know I mean? We're going to yeah. have a new stadium in the next, what, you know, so many years. We're trying to figure out what that's going to be the new rebranding coming. Can out. it be so, easier to get out of the car park, please, Julie? It took me nearly two hours to get out of FedEx. I, you know, I hear you. I mean, I used to do the pre and post game shows. And, I believe an hour and a half after and there'd still be traffic. Yeah. I agree on that. So uh, Julie, we cannot thank you enough for coming on episode 100. You're always very generous with your time. I think it speaks volumes to where the team are now that the fact that we can interact with you I can have a laugh with Jason Wright about supporting a really bad soccer team. Uh, I think it's absolutely fantastic what you guys are doing, Julie. So I know I speak for Shelley and Marisa and we say thank you so, so much and keep up the great work heading into 2021 season. Thanks, guys. Absolutely. Thank you, Julie. Thank you yeah, so much. Congratulations on 100. Keep it going, guys. We'll see you on episode 200. Thanks, Julie. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Guys, an absolute pleasure as always to talk to the Queen of Washington, Miss uh, oh, Julie Donaldson. It was uh, absolutely fantastic. But Julie, thank you so much for your time. Uh, we have got Josh Taylor coming on to join us uh, from the Burgundy Network podcast uh, momentarily. But uh, Maurice, obviously, the football team have made some moves in the uh, in the last 24 hours. We now have Adam Humphreys coming on mm -hmm. uh, to join the team, uh, wide receiver. Um, Maurice, what did you uh, make of the news that broke? I, I feel like I can't go to sleep at the minute because the Washington football team just, my phone goes at 2 a.m. and it's like, oh, here I am making notes. So the, for the podcast, what did you make of the uh, Adam Humphreys move over the last uh, last 24 hours? I think what it is is that they want to have a robust competition at wide receiver uh, in, tw uh, in 2021, that they want to get the best players available that are going to perform um, at wide receiver. I mean, that was a glaring weakness for the team in, in 2020. Uh, so they're making, you know, strides to shore that up. You know, Humphreys coming on board, of course, the signing of Samuel. Uh, I think that uh, players that are already in the building, like uh, Steven Sims, Cam Sims, um, Kelvin Harmon, you know, it's going to provide robust competition. And, and I think they made the best man win in that, in that, that, uh, that uh, position group battle uh, during a training camp. Like that's going to be one of the more hotly contested uh, position groups that we'll be watching during uh, mini camp and training camp to see who comes out on top. I mean, clearly we know Terry McLaurin and, and uh, Curtis Samuel um, are locks. But I think it'll everybody... make them. It'll make them not that you know Terry needs to get much better, but as a, as a as a professional footballer, I mean, I played soccer at a kind of amateurish level or any any kind of sport that you play. If someone mm. else comes in, that's going to make you elevate your game even more because it is. A, we're a team, but we you are competing like a quarterback 
are competing for the quarterback position, the wide receivers, the tight ends. Every position, right, Maurice, has got competition, and that's what you want. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, most definitely. Uh, Shelley, what did you make to the uh, to the move of Adam Humphreys coming in? Another another wide receiver added to added to the roster in the last twenty four hours. Yeah, we're going from you know everyone was concerned about weapons going to adding you know too many weapons, right? Everyone's like, well, who who's gonna go? I think um, you know it's it's a good it's you know it's good for competition. Mm-hmm. I, I think Sims Junior is you know. He should be concerned. He, he's had a lot of drops. Um, you know, a lot of the fans have been, it, myself included, with the, you know, punt returns. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of his decision-making has been questionable. It just really hasn't. I've wanted it to work out for him here. Um, it hasn't necessarily worked out the way we've all wanted it to. Mm-hmm. So I think Humphreys could probably step into Sims Jr. in his role. Yeah. Um, and be a, kind of his replacement. So it'll be interesting to see how it pans out and works yeah. out. Most so. definitely. Most definitely. Yeah. Uh, we have Josh Taylor in the house from the Burgundy Network podcast. Josh, how are you, buddy? Welcome to episode 100. Thanks, Andy. Appreciate it. Uh, like I said, episode 100, that's huge, man. Congratulations to everybody. And congrats to Shelly for coming on. My, hey, Josh. Uh, Virginian. How are you doing, Shelly? I'm doing good. Nice to meet you i know i was just out your way earlier yesterday in fredericksburg so oh all right josh we're just sitting here chopping it up about the it seems every day something's happening uh with the with the washington football team we mentioned adam humphreys there what have you made of all the moves over the past we'll say two weeks now that the, that the team have made i know i follow you on social media uh it seems to be a good buzz around the team at the moment what have you made of everything that the washington football team have done yeah, I talked about it the other day. Like, if you think about past off-seasons, like, tell me the last off-season where we've actually had big signings. Like, maybe Deshaun Jackson, Josh Norman for a little bit we were excited about. But, like, Curtis Samuel, William Jackson the third, and then adding Adam Humphreys yesterday, who's, like, an under-the-radar kind of guy. To me, it's, like, the biggest splash we've had. And you've, you've got to be excited about it because we haven't – had anything like this in a while and a good point that I brought up is like do you think players want to actually come here now with Ron Rivera you know with I hate to say you know a clean front office and then also winning on the field and making the playoffs you really have to think that players outside of the league see especially like this defense falling like hey I, I want to be a part of that so as a fan on the outside like I'm excited because I haven't seen us sign guys like this in a long time and honestly the big name guys like Albert Hainsworth didn't really pan out so you, you're kind of just excited about these uh, fresh faces yeah most definitely um josh is obviously someone that evaluates players um a lot out of the current wide receiving core obviously we've got we think we count one two three four five six about eight of the wide receiving core in a minute we've now adam coming in who do you think gets cut uh and won't be on the washington football team come september well come training camp even yeah this is something i thought about a lot yesterday and it really just depends on health, too. Like, I think Harmon starts on the IR, possibly, so it kind of gives you some flexibility. But I think we keep seven receivers, you know, going into the season. You'll practice squad a guy or two. But out of everybody, I think Steven Sims, I think I heard Shelly talking about, it. I think he's the odd guy out. And, yes, he showed us some good plays, you know, the touchdown against the Patriots. He had a kick return for a touchdown or two. 
but then you see like the liability, the drop in the punts and the and drop in catches and stuff like that. And I'm actually more excited about Isaiah Wright than a lot of people. This guy mm-hmm. was top of the line special teams uh, returner at Temple. Like people don't realize, dude was putting up like huge numbers as a kick returner. So I think we should try to see what he has. And he was an undrafted free agent, so it's not like you have anything invested in him. Um, and then worst case, if he doesn't pan out, cut him. But to me, I'm looking at the big guys. Like you have Cam Sims, AGG, and then you have Kelvin Harmon, who pretty pretty similar in style. They're the outside wide receiver Z guy. Now Cam Sims had his best season ever. And, you know we've been waiting for that breakout, and you you know see what he looks like with Fitzpatrick throwing him the ball deep. And then like I said with Harmon, great hands, great receiver. You just don't know how that leg looks. You know playing speed. And then AGG, people are writing this guy off already, and I I'm kind of like concerned why people are writing him off i like right he was one of my i don't know yeah out. i don't understand they that keep either. giving his jersey yeah. numbers away that's why <laughs> i guess yeah first 10 and now 11 possibly the humphreys but i as a virginia guy i you know love liberty football but agg was my guy i mean you can ask me but i was flipping out like i was recording live when we signed him i love what he brings you have to think he had covid he was still in school during the draft and everything like liberty didn't shut down they were like stay in school so he had COVID. He's still in school. Then he uh, doesn't have an offseason, just like everybody else, because of everything crazy going on in the NFL. And then he gets hurt. Like, that's the worst possible situation for a first-year receiver coming into a new offense, too. So, I mean, I just – I'm not ready to, to ride this guy out. Like, you've got talent. And I, I think out of those three guys, honestly, this is going to surprise you because Cam Sims is an Alabama guy. But I think AGG has the best skill set of those three guys. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. Um, Josh, as someone that evaluates a lot of players and you're very knowledgeable, very knowledgeable on like the draft and things like that. Um, obviously our content, I've said many times, our content over here in the UK of the college game in America isn't as good. So I rely on people like yourselves and Adam and Brian that you do great breakdowns on your show. Obviously I've heard a lot of names mentioned about the draft. Who's someone that people aren't really mentioning that you think could end up uh, in an NFL team or that you would like to see in Washington? Um, so there's a guy who has a pro day today, and I got to see him at the Senior Bowl. That's Nico Collins out of Michigan. Big frame guy, high points everything. Seems like he catches everything, but he's way faster for his size. So I'm excited to see what numbers he puts up today. And I know some people, I know you talk about it too. Not everyone's like keen on the pro day numbers. Don't get me started, Josh. Year. Don't get me started. I know, I know. Look, <laughs> but like you have to <laughs> – and it's, it's a difference because there's like play speed with pads on and there's play speed without the pads. It is completely different. But I feel like it is important from an evaluating standpoint because your job is to say, hey, this player can do this. Like that is literally your soul. Like as a scout, that is your job. This player can do this. And it's up to the front office and the, the uh, player development guys to say, all right, he fits in our, our scheme. This is what he can do. And for me, Nico Collins, like we still need that outside receiver. And I mentioned Cam, AGG, and Harmon. But we're still going to add a guy. Like, I, don't, I don't think people realize we're still adding another guy. Mm-hmm. That's going to happen. Yeah. You know, whether it's Rashad Bateman. Uh, but I think Nico Collins is a guy on the outside that uh, a lot of people would like later on. And then Austin Watkins is, is my guy from UAB. I had him on the show, met him at the Senior Bowl. Awesome guy. Just characters through the roof. But if you watch his tapes, his hands are lethal. I think he only had like one drop in his whole college career. Um, and just a terrible offense too. So he was very limited. Uh, but those guys are like mid, you know, third, fourth round kind of guys who could come in and make a huge impact on the outside right away. 
Yeah. Uh, Josh, before we let you get out of here, my friend, it's been brilliant to, uh, to have you on. What do you think happens on the defensive side of the ball? Uh, Jonathan Allen, we've got players like that. What do you think happens? It's a lot of talk around the safety position. And uh, In your opinion, what do you think happens in this offseason? Well, a lot depends on Kerrigan. Uh, we did, he visited the Bengals, and we didn't really hear how that went or anything. It was just mm. like came, came and went. Um, so, like, to me, it's like depth on the outside. Like, I think we'll draft another guy late, just like we did Jason Smith-Williams last year, just to add that depth in case something happens, you know, God forbid, to Chase or Montez Sweat. Um, but in the secondary, we still need that free safety. Yeah. I've been saying, like, I love Reeves, but it's it's one thing to go from a limited role, having flashes, to being a consistent starter every single week of the season. And I'm just not sure I've seen enough out of him to be like, oh, yeah, he can start right beside Curl. So at pick 51, I'm looking at guys like Richie Grant, who is a day one starter at the safety role out of UCF. That guy got himself a ton of money at the senior bowl. People are saying he's probably going to go before 51 now. Um, and I, I, I was, I was, you know, turping to get Trey Boston vet like that. So I think we still need a safety guy, but I think we are set in the corners. I think Jimmy Mullen's going to have a, a breakout year too. And that, you know, nickel slot uh, corner role. Uh, so I'm excited. I mean, Jason, I mean, uh, William Jackson the third, like he's probably our best secondary guy for sure now. Like, and he had a, such a quiet name. Like he wasn't like big name guys like Jalen Ramsey or something like that, but he's like a top five corner in the league, honestly. So I'm hyped about it. We can get that free safety role and some linebackers. <laughs> Hopefully at 19. <laughs> that's, like, yeah. That's, that's what that's I wanted to ask at. you, Josh, about linebackers. Where you know, who are you thinking about for linebackers? <sighs> I love Zaven Collins out of Tulsa. Yeah, I a lot of people it. like yep. him. He's a mm -hmm. big dude, but he's so fast. And guys are saying, put him on the edge and stuff like that. I think that's a shame. Like, this guy, he was the best coverage linebacker in college last year. He was the best. He won defensive player of the year and linebacker of the year. Like, not just the best linebacker, but the best defender in college last year. And he had one offer, and he ended up going to that school and turned out to be the best thing to ever happen to the program. So, Jock, I'm not a huge fan of. I think, like, as a middle linebacker, I don't want to see him in that role. But, like, we need that Luke Keekley. Like, and you know Ron and Del Rio are just, like, looking at the chops, like, waiting mm -hmm. to have that Luke Keekley kind of guy come in. So, we need some help. A lot of guys I know we were looking for in free agency didn't uh, end up coming to Washington. So, like, I'm looking at the draft at linebacker for sure and free safety. We need some help. I think they're right. going to use – I think they're going to use their first-round pick on linebacker, personally. Yeah. I, I I'm think really so thinking. I, I mean, because again, he. I mean, he's been so adamant about having that Luke Keekley type linebacker, you know. And you want to give, you know, Chase and Montez that inside support um, that they're going to need for all the havoc they're wreaking, especially when the um, plays break down. You know, where um, the quarterback's going to go off schedule, you're going to want to have that really good uh, middle linebacker that can help make the calls when that happens. Yeah. yeah, Ron's a former linebacker. He knows what he wants. Yeah. <laughs> well, honestly, that was our glaring that was our glaring missing piece in the Tampa Bay game. I mean, honestly, that to me was what was missing in what uh Del Rio was trying to dial up. Or, or I don't know what he was doing in that game, but the linebacker, you know, not coming up with the middle. And if he did call it, it just did not it didn't translate because I think Tom Brady even said, 
you guys need linebackers. So <laughs> if Tom Brady says it, then we need it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And he was getting rid of the ball quick, and it was we couldn't get too much of a pass rush on him. And it was all just linebacker coverage at that point. Yeah. That, that we need yeah. help. And then their linebacker core is just dominating the whole offseason. So <laughs> <laughs> most definitely. Uh Josh, before we let you get out of here, my friend, tell us about the Burgundy Net po- podcast and the Capital Network, my friend. You've set up your own network. Tell our listeners where they can find you and uh, what days your shows are dropping, my friend. Yeah, so you can follow me on Twitter at Josh Taylor WFT. Um, and like you said, uh, the Burgundy Number podcast hosting with my guy, Brian Murphy in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, lifelong Washington fan also. Um, but yeah, our, our podcast is at Berg Network Pod. Um, we kind of release it spontaneously. It just, just depends on what else is going on <laughs> in our work schedules. And he's got a young uh, kid, so I try to flex around that. But yeah, the Capital Network, I'm going to have that launched before the season starts, hopefully by the draft. Um, but it's just... Uh, network for you know fan made content and people just drop stuff off so if people want to you know check out blogs or write-ups or videos or podcasts stuff like that just one hub for everybody to kind of yeah. leave their content and people come get the good stuff from our content creators and Washington fan base well josh you've it. got you've got maddie and freddie on board there now so you got to keep an eye on them too they're you know oh, they're, 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 always up to, they're always up to something Two yeah. rascals. <laughs> rascals. Just keep an eye on them too, Josh, my friend. Awesome. Andy, I cannot wait to see you over here in the US, man. Oh, thanks so much, buddy. I've all been well with this COVID and stuff. We just had Carl from the Burgundy Zone join us. Carl, welcome, my friend. What's going on, guys? Thank you for having me. You're more than welcome. We're just finishing up with Josh. Uh, a few people popping in on this episode 100. Just to, you know, we... Um, oh, Josh has got to Josh, Josh, you didn't mean to, you didn't have to go. Um, Josh... Um, <laughs> But Carl, you're uh, now uh, joining us for episode 100 of the DC Treat Team podcast. Carl, I, uh, I thank you for coming on board to join us on this momentous day for myself, Maurice and Shelley. Yeah, thank you. It's an honor uh, to be a part of the 100th episode. It feels like it was yesterday when you started up, uh, you know, coming on the pod um, with us and joining us. And now look at you, 100 episodes in. You know, I remember when you were less than 10 uh, getting used to this thing, you know, and you stayed at it, you continued to produce great content, um, obviously with Maurice and then bringing on Shelly. Um, it, it's, you're building something awesome here, and it's an honor to be a, uh, to be a part of it. Ah, thank you very much, my friend. Thank you very much. Uh, guys and girls, we've got a few questions come in, and while, while mm. Carl's here, we'll put the first one to you, Carl, and then we'll go around the room. All right. I have, I've I'll got some friends into the NFL since, um, since I started doing a podcast. My fellow Brits, uh, my, right. r- one of my best friends, Ray, uh, sent me, he goes, uh, he wanted to ask a question on today's podcast. He said, as a new fan, part of the magic of the American sports is the nicknames, Giants, Chiefs, etc. So you might be missing out on a trick. Broncos versus FC doesn't quite have the same ring to it. What do you guys think to that? Uh, I, I think he has he's on to something there. I mean, as much as everyone likes to make a lot out of the, the the renaming or the branding or whatever have you, really it's the play on the field that translates the most. Um, but, you know, there, there's different ones out there. Like I've said, you know, obviously I'm an advocate for Warriors. That doesn't really move the needle, you could say. But at the same time, you could have some uh, an ex- exciting aspect behind it. So whatever they do choose, I, I hope it is not one of those. I, I, I Out of respect for you, Andy, I just want to say, I don't want that type of name, you know, as much as it is cool. I know it's over there. It's a thing. I, I just yeah. wouldn't like it personally. Carl, I've, I listened to Kevin Sheehan's podcast yesterday, Al Gordy this morning. As you know, I always listen to your podcast. And the one thing that's come across loud and clear is they do not want this stinking soccer English name to be part of the American sports. I get that. 
we we tried it over here. We have a football team in the Premier League called Crystal Palace. They tried cheerleaders. They tried right. everything. They got booed out of the building. You know, <laughs> it did not go down well. So, uh, Shelley, what do you think about that? Obviously, the the football team. Hopefully, we're going to get Josh back so we can ask him. What did you think about us? So we need a we need a we need a nickname. Jason touched on it on the clubhouse call the other day. Julie just mentioned it to us now. They, they they're getting there, but like Carl said, they they do need a nickname, shall we say? Yeah, at first I I didn't understand the need for it only because I'm such a diehard and I really wanted to be connected to our past and that was really important to me and I thought the only way to do that was to stay Washington football team. But I'm, you know, hearing Julie, hearing Jason, I'm really starting to understand that they they have a good, you know, understanding and concept of that. And so I'm really starting to trust them and, and feel that they get that. So, mm-hmm. you know, here in Kyle, I, I too really do like warriors. I, I, I like that. So yeah. if they did something along that, those lines, I could, I could definitely rock with that. I could definitely mm-hmm. go with something like, you know, along those lines. So yeah, you know, at the end of the day, I'm, I'm going to go with whatever they decide as long as right. it's not Red Wolves. I hate Red Wolves. Uh, yes. Don't get don't get Carl started on Red Wolves. Shelly gets I it. hate it. I don't hate get it. Carl I will not get on Red Wolves, Shelly. I will Emery's. not be howling ever. I will never oh, howl. So. Well, yeah. something that um before we Josh is back with us. Josh, you didn't need to leave. We've got you back, my I'm friend. I'm sorry. That's okay. <laughs> we got Josh. you back. We got you back. Um something that resonated with me, Carl, was uh, on your on the on the uh on your podcast uh, this week. You mentioned the like a memorial wall for the war veterans um, that right. could be incorporated to the to the warrior name. I think that's such a great idea. Um, we have something oh, yeah. similar over here that um, that, that, that they do uh, at our, our, our cricket at Lords. There's a, a the history of the uh, of the of the war right. veterans. I think that's something that the team should really really look at. And like you say that like you said on your podcast, there's no teams in the NFL with a look to the to the military, is there? Right. No, there isn't. And that's why I like a memorial wall, like an LED type of screen. Um, you could call it the memorial. I, I called it the warrior's wall, um, where, you know, if you want to go see dad, you want to go see grandpa, uh, your uncle, your brother, uh, you know, you could go up to this LED wall, type in their name. You know, you could take a picture of it next to them, maybe in a Redskins uniform or something like that. But just adding another element to it, um, you know, and the one thing I know everyone didn't like um, the Red not Red Hawks, you know, with the Tuskegee Airmen, but you could also bring in something with them as well. They're warriors for what they did. I've talked to many, many times. Imagine that time in our history. And we had those guys out there in the skies kicking ass. And the when, Red and Tails. Re- red the tails. Red Tails. Sorry, yeah. Red Hawks. Um, but the Tuskegee Airmen, like giving them their respect because i know that name did not get really pick up that much steam but this could mm. be incorporated inside of the warrior mm. umbrella so yeah. I, yeah i really do like that idea i think it'd be really cool uh, honestly from the jason wright interview i really feel like the front runners aren't in aren't going to be picked but i will say like i respect the what they're using as guidelines you know what i mean they want it to be aspirational they want it to be something that we live to on and off the field and that's yep. that 100 that i gained more confidence after that yes. meeting yeah most definitely um josh i know you uh listened to the uh, the clubhouse call with jason right what did you take from that call uh like you say with carl myself shelly and marisa just been mentioning the name there there was a, a a lot going on during that call obviously myself and you were live tweeting carl was probably standing at some scaffolding <laughs> 300 feet up in the air so he, he <laughs> no. couldn't but uh, what did you um, what did you take from the uh from the clubhouse call josh 
Um, I thought it was awesome. Like, and one thing I said afterwards is like, they don't have to do stuff like this, but like, I'm just glad that they do. And like, they're transparent about it all. Um, and I agree with y'all. I'm not howling either. I'm not a at all. Like, you'll not I see how Red Wolves can't never conflict. go to a game again. <laughs> oh gosh, yeah, no. <laughs> Stay. I'd go, but I'd be wearing a bag. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I, like the one thing that stood out to me is like he doesn't want to just like rebrand. He doesn't want to feel like we're like moving like as a team. Like he wants to pick a name that's going to also market and also like impacts like outside life like and he mentioned the 49ers like it's not just football but he wants to be more than that so like, to me it's not just like hey we're just gonna you know set up a poll and whatever name gets picked the most that's what we're gonna go with he's gonna look at it from a standpoint from like the team and like who they want to be like on the field and then us as fans but then also like as an organization in a whole like what can we do outside of football so it's mm. and I agree with what Kyle said I don't think the names that we're like throwing out there are gonna be like the ones <laughs> mentioned like red wolves or hogs or something like that and if you think about it the military thing that's a great point like and look at our location you know, northern virginia dc maryland like we're like the hub of like the military base if you really think about it like arlington and all that um so no i agree with you i think it's a great idea for adding the military yeah i saw maurice go yeah i think that the thing that i thought was most impressive about the the clubhouse call was like I mean, they're using like advanced computing systems to process all this data that's coming in and identifying trends and human behavior and interests to really drive where they want the team to go. And then I remember when we went to that session with Jason Wright back in November, and he was saying that they didn't want the new name to feel like we were an expansion team. Yeah. So like when you think about these different elements that they're trying to juggle, you know, as far as, you know, the tradition, you know, values, the brand, uh, threat, you know, they're really trying to thread the needle. Yeah. And I'm just really curious of what they're going to come out with. I mean, I think like if we were to be the Washington Warriors, you know, I think that that would feel like a continuation of the past. But I, but I also think the best thing that's happened is the fact that we're the Washington football team because we've had a transitional right. period to really kind of like because mm -hmm. it's, it's kind of forced us to take an introspective look as to who we are as a fan base and who we are as a franchise and what is most important. Like what happens to a franchise when you take an iconic name away and an iconic logo away and see what happens. And that's, so we're kind of like a case study because I don't think there's going to be a lot of NFL teams that are going to go through this process um, that we're going through. I don't mm -hmm. think a lot of teams are going to change their names. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one thing I took, I didn't want to push her too hard on it. One thing that Julie mentioned there, Shelly, I'll start with you. Um, one thing that Julie mentioned there, she said within the next four to five years, we are going to have a new stadium. I mean, obviously you guys are out there in the States. So this is, it's important for me. Don't get me wrong. I want to come over and visit a, a shiny new stadium, but it's important for you guys over there. I know FedEx isn't the most popular of location. Yeah. God, it took me like an hour and a half to get there. It took me three hours to get out of the car park, you know, mm. albeit I was very drunk by the time I left. So it didn't really matter. I slept, <laughs> I slept in the car most of the time, but how important is it for you guys that you, I, I, we've all said we would love to see, a stadium in Washington, D.C. We've talked about the old RFK site. There's a lot of legalities with that. How important is it for you guys over there and Washington fans worldwide that this new stadium does happen? I mean, for me, I would love it to be at the old RFK site. I, I don't think they're going to allow them back there. I don't know the legalities around that. I don't know what's happening with that. 
but if we could get back to that site, I mean, I think diehards and anyone that's ever been there would love to go back to that site. Mm. It was magical. And I would love for the team to get back there. Will the city let them back there? I Mm -hmm. don't know. I don't know if, I mean, if anybody could do it, it'd probably be Jason Wright and the team that's in place now, but will it happen? I would, we need to get back there. I think that's the only thing that's missing in what's happening right now. Yeah. Yeah. But we do need a new stadium. I don't like the FedEx experience. <laughs> I don't know, how, no. you know, too many fans that do. Game day it's experience not... is going to change this season. They're, they're working on that, guys. So they're going to be rolling I hope, something out. You know, I hope there. so. But, I've um... only been there once with my kids when they were little. And I got to tell you, it only, that's all it took. Yeah. <laughs> and that it was because there were too many other uh, fans from other places, you know, outside fans. I had a cowboy fan uh, say something to my son, a drunk cowboy fan say something to my son. Yeah. And he was only like eight or nine. Yeah, that and... shocked me about your sports. I was at the um, Giants game and three rows behind me was a guy in a Cowboys jersey. If I, if an Arsenal fan turned up to a Tottenham game over here, he wouldn't have his legs left by the time he left the stadium. I was absolutely yeah. shocked by this. I mean, Carl, getting back to the stadium, my friend, obviously you and I have spoke about this a few times, but hearing Julie today on our podcast say within the next four to five years, we will hopefully have a new stadium. How does that resonate with you, my friend? Uh, that's kind of insane, you know, because we had 2028 kind of circled on our timelines. And, you know, for a stadium, stadiums take time. Uh, they do. Uh, you know, obviously me being a construction, I – I know of other trades that go and work on these stadiums and it takes a couple years. And so hearing four to five years, that means that I'm not sure if she's talking about maybe having an agreement in place mm-hmm. for 2028 yeah. or the start of construction. But if she's saying from start to finish a new stadium in four to five years, I mean, that means it's going to be within the next year. Or so they're going to be starting to kick the tires on it, which would be huge, you know, because the one thing about FedEx is, um, there, it doesn't have a euphoria, you know, it doesn't have a, a feeling with it. You know, I remember I went and worked up at Penn state one weekend when I used to work, uh, for a restaurant and I'll never forget. I got lost on the highway, came around the highway. I remember driving up on the highway and seeing Penn state stadium on top of the hill. It was that night seeing the lights come down. You're just like, Whoa, like, dang, that's really cool. I want mm. to be there. You don't kind of have that feeling with FedEx and, and that's where like the Potomac and RFK really brings back that kind of feeling where, you know, you're on your in the water, on the water in D.C., you know, you just kind of has that feeling with it. And so uh, if anything, that's what I would want. Just kind of have just a great euphoria about it. Bring in like a wow aspect. Yeah, I think I think part of the uh, the issue with the stadium is that, you know, like the FedEx experience is is is, is coupled with the mediocrity of the team. Right. So. The fact that, you know, when things are bad, you know, everything gets magnified worse. So, like, if you have to wait in traffic when a team lost a game, then that traffic waiting experience is worse. Um, the food doesn't taste as good. Mm-hmm. Uh, the people that work there don't seem as pleasant. So, like, I, and I really, and I think that's the part that really has been uh, understated is just the level, just the level of just outright anger that this fan base has the fact that we we've sucked for so long, you know, mm-hmm. and I, and I think that's, you know, again, that's the driving force for a lot of like 
the disengagement from the fan base is that, and I think what Jason and Julie and, and Coach Rivera, I mean, I think anybody with the team now understands like how the fans feel is so important, you know, because they are the ones that are going to drive your message about the team. They're going to buy your merchandise. They're going to go to your games. You know, if they don't feel good about it, then they're going to like, malign every aspect of the team. And I think FedEx has gotten caught up in that, that, uh, that, that vortex. Yeah. Yeah. Josh, where would you like to see the, uh, the, the Washington football team land up back in DC? Where do you see? I mean, I, I saw a picture um, of DC the other day with the old RFK in the background. And for me, I thought it's such a good thing. Imagine if that was us there. Now you can just imagine all the Washington fans in DC on a Thursday night game, everyone, all the bars are packed with Washington fans in the middle of the, of the nation's capital supporting a good team. Like Marie said, just, just the feeling and I'm over here in London and I get that sense of, uh, of, of the, the feeling of having, having a team in the nation's capital I'm lucky enough to go to a lot of games at Wembley Stadium and that place on game day when it's rocking is amazing so what do you think and where would you like to see the stadium I mean absolutely where RFK is um and like you said like the location now it's just like oh this is my exit to get off in the interstate and FedEx is just going to pop up in the woods kind of it's in a terrible <laughs> spot but there's no kind of like excitement about it at all and then just the look of it's terrible um but like Kyle said like I mean, I've been to like Tuscaloosa, Alabama, and you pull up, you're going through, you see Denny Chimes, you see the, the college is just popping. I mean, it's a gorgeous location. And then it's just one of the mo most massive stadiums college-wise. You have 110,000 people there. Wow. And then Mercedes-Benz in Atlanta, Georgia, that's probably the best NFL stadium I've been to. I'm like, this is nothing compared to what we have. It makes FedEx feel look like a high school team, to be honest with you. It's just – and I'm, that's what gets me excited because like, we could possibly have something like that at that location in dc like you said it's just you're surrounded by like the monuments the water just the history of mm -hmm. washington dc not just <laughs> landover maryland like <laughs> where there's absolutely mm -hmm. nothing mm -hmm. yeah and i was one of, one of the points right. that i had raised with uh with jason is that when we get a new stadium then that gives us the opportunity to be like a global entity like so we can put in bids to host the world cup we can put in bids to host olympic games Oh, you know, yeah. we can host uh, the, uh, the national championship in college basketball, you know, national championship in college football. Like that's the kind of venue that we need that is multifunctional. Um, that's because then that way the, the city have multiple opportunities to generate revenue outside of just, you know, the, the, the 10 games that they will play or the 11 games now because they're going to 17 games, you know, your two preseason games and then your, your um, nine home games. Mm. Marie, so right. I mean, oh, go ahead. So, so like, I like Capital One Arena. I think it's a nice arena. Do you think, like, putting another stadium in DC, like, kind of like what you said, you know, college basketball, um, national championship, stuff like that? Do you think if Washington just built like this monumental stadium right in DC, does that help out, you know, the Caps and the uh, Wizards too? Yeah, I think so. Because to me, it becomes like a sports complex, right? I mean, the thing, the thing about it, like if you look at like Philadelphia, like all their sports venues are like right next to each other. You know, the link is right there. And then the, the, their um, basketball arena is right there with hockey team plays. Too. Yeah, Baltimore yeah. too. Like, because to me, it's like, I mean, Baltimore is a great example because Camden Yards and M&T Bank Stadium, right. like they blend so ni nicely right. into right the, the city harbor, yep. and everything like that. And they become almost monuments within themselves. Correct. You know, yeah. like you said, you don't, you don't feel that from FedEx field. Like, like for me, when you go to, when you go through Baltimore and you're on 495, you see the stadium, 
You know, you drive by the stadium, you know, so it has almost like that Roman Coliseum feel to it. FedEx doesn't have that. Um, it yeah. just doesn't. No, because Snyder basically became like the redheaded stepchild and kind of got kicked out. So it's like the city really never wanted him to like come back. You know, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I'm hoping that they're not going to like add on to FedEx. That's my biggest fear you know, is like building on to FedEx. And I know that was discussed at one point, correct? I mean, I think, like, I think it was, I think they mentioned about maybe us uh, like ground sharing somewhere else for maybe a season or two seasons while they were it was, yeah, it wasn't out of the question. Yeah. I think is what Yeah. Jason and that's said. my biggest fear because, you know, like we've all discussed, like just driving into DC and seeing the monuments and just seeing the Capitol and just see having that, the ambiance around you mm -hmm. and you know back in the day you know i'm sorry but it was our house you know that was our house we were proud we walked in there that was our house i mean when when i took my kids to fedex i mean it was unheard of to have we weren't even playing the cowboys so to have the cowboy <laughs> fan that day you know talking smack to my kid i'm like what is going on like we weren't even playing the Cowboys. So it was just the strangest thing. And so I, I can't wait till we get back to where it's our house and we're defending it. And that's what RFK was. It was always like that. And we had, you know, one in 15 seasons back then, you know, it wasn't like it was always, you know, glory days. So I'm just saying we need to get back to that. But I think we're in we're in, I think we're in a different time right now because number one, like everything is instantaneous right now. Like fans want to win now. They don't want to wait. They want to win I, I know. now. And then yeah. so that's so that's the first thing. And then the second thing about it is like there's competition for eyeballs right now. Like like you know the, the generation is coming up now. Like the kids are coming up right now. They have so many things to have to captivate their interest. I mean that's online. You know. A football game, you know, if you're a losing team, that's not going to pull their interest, you know, because again, you know, and I think this is what Jason's talking about with the branding is that we have to create, they have to create an experience that is going to pull up my heartstrings where I want to be there. I want to be a part of that. I want to part with my money. And that's going to be the big challenge, especially when we're trying to overcome pretty much 25 years of mediocrity. You're well, talking yes, about pulling, so at the, pulling at the heartstrings here. Um, John Kime just tweeted out that Samuel's cap hit is three point seven seven five million this year. Good lord, Jesus! <laughs> I didn't know we had coupons for cap. Good lord! <laughs> wow! Wow! Masterful job by them. Masterful. That's yeah. it. That's, That's crazy. It. Wow! Wow! Breaking news on episode 100. Tim Maurice pulling at the heartstrings, dude. He wasn't playing. Yeah. <laughs> right, before we um before we wrap up episode 100, um, Carl, we mentioned Adam Humphreys has come on board now. Um, earlier, what are you expecting from uh him? Um, and our, our, our very packed wide receiver core now. Obviously, that's going to be trimmed down come uh, September. But what are you expecting from our, our new addition? Yeah, look, I know I made a joke yesterday on Twitter. I know. Oh, yeah, that went down well, off. my friend, by the way. <laughs> I just made a joke. Uh, but uh, I was texting with my father-in-law this morning about it. And I said, you know, 
maybe because he didn't realize that Adam Humphrey's best statistical season came with Ryan Fitzpatrick as a quarterback when they were down in Tampa. And so I said to him, like, maybe when they signed Fitzpatrick, it was a package deal where Fitzpatrick said, look, I'm coming aboard and I have Adam Humphreys coming with me, you know, take it or leave it. And so maybe this was kind of an agreement and it's a smart move because they're familiar with each other. They know what they like to do. And we know what Ryan Fitzpatrick brings to this offense. So just bring in another playmaker in there. Obviously he's got to stay healthy, had some concussion concerns and everything, but I, I like it. I, you're adding more playmakers into a room that needs more in it. And there's, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, I think we're um, I think we're getting the pieces of the puzzle in early, yeah. which is nice. You know, gone are the days um, of, you know, getting to late August and we're still thinking, you know, look at us last season, Carl, where me and you were chatting right. on one of your shows and my earliest shows about we didn't have a clue what was going on at certain positions. And I've heard Josh speak about it in the past. It's so good now that the Washington football team, we're sitting here, what we now March, and we're sitting here with a lot of the, the pieces already in. And this is before the draft. Right. This is, yeah, it's absolutely fantastic. But Josh, thank you so much, my friend, for jumping on episode 100. Like you say, I pray to God I'm standing with you in September with a beer in my hand at FedEx Field, buddy. But thank you to you for jumping on with us, pal. Thank you. Shout out, Maurice and uh, Shelly. Like I said, congrats on coming on. And 100 episodes, that's crazy, man. I remember when you first started. And now look at you big time representing all of us, man. Appreciate it. Uh, thank you so much. And Carl, the podfather. I am, you do not know how chuffed I am. That nickname has stuck. Um, I had your T-shirt <laughs> on the other day while I was out really? running. Uh, someone asked me, was he in the movie? And I went, no, you need to read the <laughs> podfather. I had, to, said I, yes. I had to stop, explain to her who you were. She didn't have a clue about American <laughs> football, but she did ask why I had your ugly mug on my T-shirt. Right, that's um, hilarious. Carl, as always, your support for us through the 100 episodes, my friend, has been absolutely incredible. Uh, I can't speak highly enough of all the support you've given us, at the, especially when I started out. You were one of the first to reach out to us. And people like Josh, you know, I've been speaking privately with him. The work you guys do over there, in the states i get a lot of content from things like the draft and things like college prospects and i know i i know i joke around on twitter and you know about the days and people running in their underwear but i know how much <laughs> it means to all of you guys so uh carl josh thank you so so much it does truly mean a lot to me the time and effort that you've put into our our, our little old podcast yeah, man. Thank you so much for having me on. Obviously, this your hundredth episode, dude. Uh, I I know you feel much different now than you did in the beginning. Um, you know how to run a show. You do a great job at it with Maurice and adding Shelley on. You're a very smart man. Uh, you're relentless uh, in another aspect, and there's a reason why I call you the bridge, sir. Uh, bridge between the U.S. and the U.K. You, for some reason, have lit off a, a bomb inside of the U.K. fan base. Uh, it seems like they're more energized now more than ever, and it's not because of us. Uh, it's because of everything you're doing. So a lot of credit to you, Andy, uh, Maurice and Shelley. You guys are doing a great job. Thank you so much. Uh, Maurice, thanks to you, my friend. Episode 100. It's been a, it's been a pleasure chopping up with you uh, most weeks, my friend. Um, you must be so proud of where the DC Tweet team is right now. Yeah, I mean, we've always wanted the DC Tweet team to be an international fan movement. And, you know, what you've done, you know, taking a lead, running this podcast, and just taking that, movement to places we couldn't possibly imagine. And I, I think that now that we have a platform to tell our stories, to give our insight, give our perspective on the, the team that we all care about and we're so passionate about is extraordinary. And I think that's the thing, the reason, right? The reason why we're so, you know, concerned about the team because we care about it. Like, and we want to be affiliated with a winning team um, that represents us, um, you know, you know, throughout the year. And I think that's 
what this podcast has done is that you've brought people together uh, who probably wouldn't be together. And that's always been the hallmark of the uh, DC Tweet team is to bring fans of this team together under a united front to positively support the team. So I appreciate everything that you do and, uh, you know, and just the level of talent and passion that you've uh, displayed uh, since the first episode. Uh, thank you very much, my friend. Thank you. Very kind. And Shelly, like we say, yes. welcome aboard. Your second episode is in the book, Shelly. Here's to the next 98 of them so we can get to the episode 200. <laughs> thank you so, so much to you, Shelly, as well, for coming on board. The feedback from your first episode was incredible. My daughter asked if Maurice's voice had changed. I had to explain to her, <laughs> no, it was Shelly. Well, I'm just grateful to be part of your, uh, part of the platform. I appreciate you two having the insight of bringing on a female voice. And I'm so just excited and proud of both of you, you know, 100 episodes in and let's just keep it going. I'm yeah, just we will. excited to keep it going. We will, but thank you everyone for uh, for jumping on. Thank you to Judy Donaldson for the, for the 30 minutes that she gave us. It's always a pleasure to chop out with Judy. But ladies and gentlemen, this has been episode 100 of the DC Tweet Team podcast. I have been your host, Andy Burrows. Till next time, everybody, stay safe. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to the DC Tweet Team podcast. Make sure you go like and subscribe. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your podcast fix. Till next time, everybody. Thanks for tuning in.